Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, Pater! Pater! Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pater, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. We're big fans of Funk Citrus IPA and Silent Disco IPA, but this month, also check out the Funk Pumpkin Ale. Yes, it's fall in summer. And also keep an eye out for the Lucent Realms Nordic IPA. It only comes out once a year, and it's available as of the last week of July. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. Also, Paydirt is brought to you by our partners at Bet Online, who continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. And with NFL training camp right around the corner, Bet Online has opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. Head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. Paydirt is presented by BetOnline, where the game starts. And of course, we encourage all of you to head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Paydirt for our two t-shirts. One has the official show logo over the heart, it comes in white, navy blue, and black, and the other is a navy blue t-shirt with the Paydirt wordmark over the heart, and on the back, a la the 2012 season, has Matt McGloin's name and number, and we're coming up on the 10-year anniversary, officially, of the 2012 team, so it's perfect timing. Again, head to shop.believe.com, that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com, and search Pater for our two t-shirts. Thank you for tuning in on ESPN State College, as well as checking out the podcast version of the show presented by the Believe Network, which is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think of the show at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11, and at Tom Hannafin. I've rambled for quite a bit. However, I have some very exciting news. As I mentioned, Funk Brewing is the official craft beer partner of the Paydirt podcast, the Paydirt show on ESPN Radio State College. We have some really exciting news. Coming mid-September, there will be a Paydirt IPA presented by Funk Brewing. For those of you watching on YouTube, you can see the official artwork for the can. So what's going to happen is that you'll be able to buy a four-pack from Funk Brewing, and it will have two different types of cans. As you can see on your screen, it's got Penn State uh, colors all over it. It's uh, got Matt McGloin's number 11, especially. We are on the sign. It even has the official show logo and a QR code so that you can scan it and listen to the podcast as you're drinking the That's beer. Great. That's great. So when you buy a four-pack, you get two home jersey cans and two away jersey cans. I am so excited about this. It's been a personal dream of mine to have my face, <laughs> even if it's a really small cartoon version, on a beer can because I think Matt of like, and we're not even in the same stratosphere. The Rock has Terramana uh, tequila. <laughs> and then you've got Conor McGregor as proper number 12 whiskey. We are not that. Hey, broken Skull IPA. There you go for Stone Cold Steve Austin. We are not 
stars like that, able to just put our name on a product and sell it. So this is so cool. We want to say a big thank you to John Norman and everybody at Funk Brewing, and especially for it to be here in time for the football season. As I mentioned, this will be out mid-September. Funk has great tap rooms in Emmaus, Elizabethtown, and York. And of course, head to funkbrewing.com to learn where and how you can get the Paydirt IPA as of mid-September. How stoked are you to have your number on a beer? I tried to make my beer, my own beer once Did before, you? Tom. Yeah, it, it didn't turn out that great. So what I found out now is that it's a heck of a lot easier to let one of the best breweries on the East Coast make it and then just put our logo on it. Right. That's way easier. I, I love the QR code on the side. Yeah. Like, I'm really excited and with, about and it. And Tom, uh, with the release, we're actually going to try to figure out a date for us to get down there um, at one of the tap rooms as well. And obviously, as we get closer to that date, we'll, we, we will let everybody know um, you know what that date will be and what that event could look like yeah that'll probably be a live version mm-hmm. of the podcast so we're really excited about that and again thank you to funk brewing they've supported us uh through all this stuff that we've been doing here uh we're coming up on our one year anniversary on august 9th so very excited about that but uh today's episode for all of you listening and uh thank you for staying with us after us kind of patting ourselves on the back there is that um this episode is all about penn state football and NIL, name, image, and likeness. Uh, on today's episode, we have a fantastic guest. He is former Penn State defensive lineman Aeneas Hawkins, who is currently the chief athlete officer for Sean Clifford's NIL agency that is known as Limitless NIL. Uh, Sean Clifford made headlines when he announced this NIL collective, or this NIL agency, rather, that um, it, it was all over ESPN for an active player to start an agency to help other active players and i assume after sean's time at penn state is over he'll continue to help college athletes that's the idea this was a groundbreaking move and aeneas has some great insight in terms Mm of what they're doing their conversations with the existing football program their conversations with success with honor penn state's official nil collective um but this is such a big conversation matt and you and i were talking about this before we started recording is that NIL has changed everything, and especially with all the talk of conference realignment that we're enduring right now, the speculation and rumors and and official recent changes. If you're an active player, you're going to the conference with the most money, and maybe the team means less. I don't know. What do you think when well, you're seeing all this talk? And, and we know this now, Tom, but that's what the recruiting pitch has become. Here's what we can give you through the NIL. This is how much money we can give you. You know, it's we've heard that when a coach walks into a living room to recruit a player, that's the first question they ask. What does your NIL package look like for me? That'd be very difficult for me as a coach to walk in there thinking, hey, you know, this is what our school can offer you, you know, first class education, you know, the opportunity to play the game. Our coaches have, you know, played in the NFL. They've coached in the NFL. They've coached at multiple division one programs here. Now they've got experience as play callers or some of the best position coaches in America here. They're going to teach you the game the right way. You're going to get better year in and year out. And we think you can contribute and be a big part of our program. You know, you make that pitch, but all these kids are thinking about is how much money can I make? The personal brand has become more important than the team, than the university, than an education. And it's just for me, it's just it's hard to watch it, you know, week in and week out now. And and you're, you're just seeing some very interesting things 
throughout college football right now. And you mentioned, um, you know, the, the limitless NIL and things like that. And for me, when I take a look at that, I just hope that doesn't become a distraction for, for guys like Sean Clifford or other players who are starting their own, sure. you know, NIL companies there. Because look, when you do struggle and things like that, that could be one of the first things that people will point to. Well, he's spending too much time worrying about making money or running his business or this and that. And, you know, and we do get into talking a little bit about that with, with, with Aeneas Hawkins and what their plan looks like for the fall so that Sean can focus 100% on football um, and just worry about the game and worry about Penn State football week in and week out. But, uh, you know, I, I'm questioning what is the right answer, Tom, for, mm. for these student athletes? Do you let a player represent you? Do you let the school represent you? Do you let outside people represent you? I, I don't know. For me, you know, trying to put myself back in college right now as a college quarterback and a college student athlete, you know, I give Sean Clifford and his company, I give them all the credit in the world for, for, for doing what they're doing. But for me, you know, looking at it right now, I think I would like to have somebody on the outside represent me, you know, again, that way, just so I can focus on being a student athlete all right, and commit all my time to that. That's all. It's something that I've talked about here on this show multiple times is that there's, there's a couple schools of thought. Uh, Penn State, Michigan come to mind as schools that have outwardly said they're not going to pay players to come and play for their teams, that they will say, hey, you know, once you're in the door, you then have access to NIL benefits. Then there's plenty of stories out there like Miami, Florida, or Texas A&M, that they're just outright paying guys to mm -hmm. play. My question is, which is better for a student athlete? Would you rather just get paid to you know, be a great athlete? Or would you rather sacrifice time, you know, during your busy schedule? Like, let's not kid ourselves. Student athletes have a ton on their plate and people can say that, oh, the education is different. They get things handed to them. It's like, all right, fine. There might be some places where that's the case. However, that's something that's a very stringent uh, regulation at Penn State is that James Franklin expects guys to go to class and get good grades, et cetera. And there's plenty of schools that are like that. But for me, selfishly, I'm like, if I'm playing and I'm, you know, a, a star athlete at Penn State or something like that, is that isn't that enough? And at the same time, wait, if I'm getting paid to play football at a high level, I don't want to sacrifice my time to go out to some function or activation to earn that money. There's nothing wrong with earning it on the football field. Right. It, that, that athletic gift should be enough because, frankly, it's why people are buying tickets. They're buying jerseys. You they're buying T-shirts because of you and your team's play. It's just, you mentioned kids getting paid prior to going to school or getting to school and then earning it and going that route, which I think is the correct route. Because if you're giving somebody $250,000, a half a million dollars, a million dollars before they step foot on campus, what? why do I have to come in and work hard then? I've already have all this money guaranteed to me, right? Mm -hmm. So when you walk in again, there's this, there's this feeling of entitlement, like, all right, I'm here. I'm getting paid X amount of dollars. This job is mine because you're paying me for it. Where it's like, that's not really the way it works, right? With that money, we now expect you to work hard and expect you to become the player that we think you can be. I just, you know, and again, I've seen like it, it happens before it, it happened, Tom, before kids were even getting paid like this, right? Four or five stars, guys with 50, 60 scholarship offers. I've seen them walk on campus and feel like they just deserve to be a starting quarterback because of the way the recruiting process was for them. And it's right. not, it doesn't work like that, right? Players around you notice it, coaches notice you. Um, 
you know, it's just, it's, I can't imagine being a coach right now. I can't imagine being a, a college football, you know, athlete right now. I can't imagine going through the recruiting process and what that's like for these players and even the parents. It's so funny to me because NIL, I think people were screaming about it, especially because of a video game. You remember EA Sports, yeah. uh, college football? Well, there's the whole issue with the college basketball video game, and that's what spawned uh, name, image, and likeness was that, hey, these are players from once upon a time that are not getting paid for their name, image, and likeness. Mm -hmm. I look at it as kind of the, the Tim Tebow case study, former quarterback from the University of Florida. When Tim Tebow was playing at Florida, I believe his jersey was one of, if not the most popular jersey uh, on the planet or in the United States. I can't remember what it was, but he was selling a ton of jerseys and he saw none of that money. Now, Tim Tebow's not crying poor and no one is weeping for him, but he's on the record saying that, oh, well, uh, that money is for the University of Florida. They gave me an opportunity and a platform and I wouldn't want any of that money. That's his decision. My point is that with name, image and likeness now, this is a chance for those quote unquote Tim Tebow's of the world who their best days, nothing against him as an athlete, are in college. There are plenty of stories like that, whether it's by injury or just guys are necessarily couldn't make it in the National Football League, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But shouldn't it be that if you have four fantastic years of your life where your notoriety, your worth, your value, your hype, etc., is at an all-time high, shouldn't you profit from that? I think that's what's at the core of it, but it's getting muddied. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I don't like, look, for example, like CJ Stroud at Ohio State. I don't have a problem with that kid making money right now yeah. because he's earned it. He's one of the, arguably the best quarterback in America, right? Mm -hmm. In college football right now. I don't have a problem with him making money. It's, it's the kids that haven't done anything yet in college football to earn that money. And they're already like, they're already walking into that locker room with a target on their back, Tom. You know what I mean? It's already like, you know, I've been here for two years. I've been here for three years. I've been working towards becoming a starting quarterback. Yet we have somebody now coming into the locker room here who we're paying a million dollars who hasn't done anything yet. What has he done to deserve that money? Am I getting a fair opportunity here right now? I just think, you know, it, it could it could create divide in a locker room. It could create distraction. There's just a number of things that I think is wrong with with the way it's being handled right now and and just kind of throwing money to these players or as, or as you put it, buying football players right now. It, it's become free agency. It's yeah. very, very yeah. close to the National Football League's model. So um, for more on this than to give us some insight, somebody who's literally got their hands in this debate and in this business right now, uh, joining us here on Pater is former Penn State defensive lineman and now the CAO of Limitless NIL. Here's Aeneas Hawkins. Joining us now here on Paydirt on ESPN Radio State College, it is Aeneas Hawkins, former Penn State defensive lineman, but now is a part of the board of the uh, Limitless NIL Collective that was started by present Penn State quarterback Sean Clifford. Am I correct, Aeneas, that your title is CAO, Chief Athlete Officer? That's unique. Yeah, a little unique, Chief Athlete Officer. That is my role. I've uh, been having a blast with it so far, yeah. Now, obviously, you played uh, at Penn State. You were unfortunately, uh, unfortunately had to retire due to a, a substantial amount of injuries from the game, but you found yourself in a good place now with Limitless. But let's cycle back to your time at Penn State. Um, for those that don't know, explain to us a little bit your recruitment to Happy Valley and what you experienced as a Nittany Lion. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, recruitment picked up really quickly uh, after my sophomore year. I actually, so first interesting part of it, I played JV my sophomore year. We had a couple power 5D tackles in front of me uh, that were older playing varsity, so I, I kind of had to bide my time there. Uh, posted my huddle tape like everybody does after the season uh, and accidentally started getting my first few offers. Um, but, you know, after that play, junior year did well. More offers started rolling in. Uh, and by the time I was ready to commit, you know, I really was down to Cincinnati and Penn State. Uh, those were the final two for me. I'm a Cincinnati legacy guy. Um, but really, you know, I have a lot of Pennsylvania connections as well. My dad grew up there. My uncles grew up there. So, you know, I really wanted the opportunity to go to Pennsylvania, uh, play where my family had played um, and do it that way. Now, things didn't end up going as planned uh, from a career perspective. You know, I. I had like 35 scholarship offers. I was a pretty good player in high school, but the body just kind of started quitting on me. Had five big time surgeries. Um, so, you know, on the field, it never came into fruition, but I give all the credit in the world to Coach Franklin and his staff, because regardless of what I was able to provide on the field, they kept me around uh, as long as I was doing the right thing. So I, I'm still super appreciative of that today. It's such a challenge. We had former Penn State tight end Adam Brenneman on the show last week. He had a similar circumstance in that he had to retire due to injury, but obviously a ton of potential. Um, you had the benefit of that. Uh, not that Adam didn't. His father also played uh, college football, but your dad played in the National Football League. So how difficult was that for you to realize that you needed to retire, that the NFL might not be an option for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was challenging. I, I grew up, you know, there was never any question about what I was going to end up doing. I always thought, you know, my dad played in the NFL, granddad, uncle. Um, it just was a logical step for me. Um, really even, you know, I kind of regret, you know, when I signed to play in college, I wasn't as excited as some other kids might be because I always felt like that was a part of the process and it would end up happening eventually. Um, so, you know, it was definitely challenging. Uh, just as a competitor, you know, beyond just the family ties, you know, you want to go in and be successful. You do things the right way in hopes that at some point, you know, things will just end up working out how they how you think they should. Um, so, you know, by the time I got to the decision to retire, though, I really had wrestled with it for a couple of years, had toughed it out, had battled through. Um, and, you know, it was just time to go ahead and move on to the next phase. It's fascinating. You see series like on Netflix, Last Chance You, where you see players at their entire life. They've either been told that they're going to play in the National Football League or they just believe it inherently. Um, do you take what you've learned now, as, as we talked about, you've stepped away from the game and now you're working with Limitless NIL to give back to current college athletes? How much are you trying to uh, instill in them like, hey, it, it might not work out exactly the way everybody's been telling you it had. And this is a really important avenue to figure out. Yeah, the, the biggest thing to me, and really it was the reason I agreed to, to kind of take this on with Cliff, you know, just making sure student athletes realize, hey, this thing can be done tomorrow. Um, you know, there are no guarantees in any sport you're playing um, and you don't know how it goes. So really helping kids maximize on the platform they've earned uh, in the current moment, as well as setting them up for when those sports do end. Uh, making sure they have the tools they need to to be successful beyond their sport. That's really the biggest thing. Um, adjusting when the when your career is over. You know what what tools do you have in place to help you maximize beyond your sport? Uh, and that's a big part of what we do at Limitless NIL. Now, before we we dive into the uh, you know Limitless NIL talk and and the company and you working there now, I want to take a step back because you know uh, when I look at the whole recruiting picture today and everything like that, you know it's. It's just, it's so fascinating to me about how guys choose school, decide where they want to go. You know, so you mentioned your family, you mentioned ties to, 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 to Pennsylvania, you know, 
how did James Franklin sell you yeah. on Penn State? How did he sell you on his, you know, his focus, his philosophy? How did he do that? Because, you know, year after year, we talk so much about Penn State's recruiting classes and things like that. So how did he sell you? Yeah, well, number one, Coach Franklin is as charismatic as they come. Um, and a lot of times, uh, not necessarily in my situation, but a lot of times he'll get the parents on board before he gets the kid on board. You know, <laughs> you show him, you show him a great institution, you show him that giant stadium. You know, it's hard, it's hard to say no to that. Um, but you know, for me specifically, you know, I was down to Cincinnati and Penn State. Um, and really in my heart initially, I wanted to go to Cincinnati just because, you know, I grew up a Bearcat fan, Fickle came in, things were going well. So I was excited to be a part of that. Um, but Franklin really, you know, he kind of took the emotions out of it. He showed me who he had on each depth chart from Penn State to Cincinnati. And, hey, I know they're telling you you're going to play early there. Look at who they have on their team. Make sure this makes sense. So he really took a logistical approach with it. Um, and then also I was kind of in a time crunch myself where it was like, hey, we've got 21, 22 commits. If you're going to do this, you better hurry up. We mm -hmm. want you. Um, but this is business and we got to keep moving. So, you know, Penn State was the right choice for me. I, I look back at it now. I would have had the same injuries at Cincinnati that I had at Penn State. But now I have a Penn State network to lean on uh, in my adult life. So definitely happy with the choice. You mentioned the injuries. Uh, and, you know, somebody like like myself, you know, I, I was fortunate enough where, you know, I didn't catch the injury bug. If, if that's what you want to say or that's what you want to call it. I mean, I was able to practice every single day. I mean, you have you know, certain little things, right. That happened to you, you know, maybe, you know, you hurt your ankle, your knee or your shoulder, but you're able to battle through them, recover and still practice and still play. But for somebody like yourself, what did that do for you mentally? Just, you know, you get healthy, you get injured again, you get healthy, you get injured again. I mean, at what point in time were you thinking to yourself like, man, maybe, maybe this just isn't working. This isn't, this isn't the right you know way. Or, or was it, you know, you mentioned, Penn State over Cincinnati, Cincinnati had over Penn State. If you think you had gone somewhere else, would this have happened? Would this have occurred? So how, how did you deal with the injuries mentally? Yeah, I mean, you think you think about all of it during the whole process, yeah. you know, whether or not you want to admit that to yourself. Um, you know, all of it's kind of running through your mind. The thing for me was, you know, especially with the first couple injuries, I still was sold on the fact that I was destined to go play in the NFL. Um, and, you know, I was in a highly competitive program where you really don't have a lot of time uh, to, you know, feel bad for yourself. There's work to be done every day. Um, so, you know, just staying focused on the present moment. Coach Franklin always says, be where your feet are. Um, so that's really what my focus was. But, you know, by the end of it, you know, I was so accustomed to getting hurt and having to come back from it that I would just create it as a challenge to myself. The last year, you know, going into my last season, I had a fracture in my tibia, had to have surgery right before camp. Uh, so at that point, I kind of knew where football was heading. I knew it was about to be done. So at that point, you know, it becomes me versus me, right? How can I best approach the situation? How can I get better through this uh, and ultimately help the team with my attitude and my persistence? Uh, you just look for ways to contribute in any way. Once you see, hey, you know, it's not going to be on the field. How can I make this team better in other ways? You know, it's a great mindset, man, because what that's doing, that's preparing you for life in any moment, in any situation that you're going to face. You'll look back and be like, this is easy compared yeah. to some of the things I had to deal with throughout my college career. You know, when, when, when you face the different types of adversity and obviously somebody like yourself has, has been able to overcome anything that uh, that's been put in your way, you know, fast forward to today, again, you, you've retired, you've decided to move on now working with, you know, the limitless LLC, what's it been like working for that company and, and working with the Clifford brothers? Yeah. I mean, number one, it's just been so exciting. Uh, NIL already, you know, even if you're not involved in it, 
uh, on a day-to-day level, it's, it's kind of exciting just because of all the changes that happen on a day-to-day basis still. Um, NIL itself is kind of like the wild, wild west, and we're still kind of, you know, kind of shaving that down to what we want it to look like on a national scale. But, you know, it's exciting to come into work every day and know that I have the opportunity to help student athletes uh, and some of whom may be in situations like I was in, you know, football specifically is going to end for everybody. And most of it's not going to be on, you know, on people's terms. Um, so, you know, I've lived that. I feel confident uh, that I have some, some, you know, some tips and tricks that can help those kids through those things. So definitely excited. And the Clifford brothers, uh, you know, they're, they're electric. They're both highly, highly intelligent dudes. Yeah. Uh, it's like I said, you know, it's been a, it's been a great time working for the Cliffords just because they're, they're really smart dudes. Uh, they get it themselves for athletes, by athletes is something we pride ourselves on. Um, so, you know, they come in with new ideas, new ventures almost every day. Uh, so never a boring day, at least in the first six months of this so far. How did you and Sean become friends? Yeah, that's a, that's a funny question you ask. So Sean and I, people don't know this. I went to Archbishop Moeller, which is in San X's conference in high school. And we're like in Cincinnati, if you ask about rivalry games, you know, that's the first one that people are going to throw out there. I was playing D end, obviously he was playing quarterback. So we weren't friends. Uh, when we did play <laughs> at that time, I thought I was going to Ohio state. Um, so, you know, it was, it was real. It was beef every time we played each other. Um, but you know, obviously, after that, we started working out together, um, ended up committing to Penn State. So our relationship really blossomed from there. Um, and then just being teammates with them, you know, Cincinnati guys stick together in the locker room. There aren't a bunch of us. Uh, so that's really how that friendship got rolling. Well, and Cliff, uh, to this day, very tight with KJ Hamler. They played growing up. So, I mean, like that, that connection has always been there. Um, what did it, you know, what was the response that, that you saw? Because when Sean announced that he was starting Limitless NIL, it was all over ESPN. It was a pretty big deal because it, we're still in the infancy of NIL and what players can do. So I think the thought of active players starting an agency was pretty remarkable. How did you see all that? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's cool. That's really the biggest mission of what we're doing is kind of trying to reshape what people think student athletes are capable of accomplishing. Um, and I've been shocked myself in dealing with these student athletes every day. There are some really bright, bright minds with big visions. Um, and now it's just about helping them execute. Right. So, you know, you saw some of that uh, in the media and from the fans where there was a lot of excitement. But then obviously, you know, there's the there's the concern and there's the question raising from the other side. Right. You know, can Sean do this, number one? And how is he going to do it and play quarterback for mm-hmm. Penn State, too? So, you know, I'm not going to reveal too much of our, our hand, but, you know, we have plans in place so that Sean can focus on playing quarterback in the fall, uh, as he should. Um, but, yeah, obviously really excited. It was cool to see a lot of the support we got from around the nation, too. And on top of that, you guys aren't just representing Penn State football players. You guys represent Jair Brown. You also represent Miles Dredd from the Penn State basketball team. But you guys have even branched out to uh, athletes at other schools. What has it been like connecting with those players and those communities? It's really cool, man, because, you know, like you said, NIL is so different um, from conference to conference and school to school. And, you know, collectives are doing different things at different places. Um, So it really gives us a comprehensive look at what NIL really looks like from a school to school basis. And we anticipate that'll grow as we sign more athletes at different spots. Um, But also, you know, there's a heartbeat everywhere with these student athletes that they are looking uh, to do big, big things in NIL. And for most of them, you know, it's not just about how much money they can bring in for themselves. They want to do things in the community. Uh, they want to understand their finances better. They want to start businesses. Uh, so it's been really exciting stuff. 
What is Limitless NIL's communication like with, for instance, the Penn State football program or even Penn State's uh, collective for NIL known as Success with Honor? Are you guys working with them on a regular basis? Yeah, so Success with Honor specifically, we work with a lot. Uh, the process is kind of, you know, they'll create an event. They may have something going on, and one of the athletes they want to work with is signed with Limitless NIL. We work in collaboration to create the best event possible for those student athletes. Uh, so they've been doing an outstanding job. And then from a program-to-program program basis, really we just focus on working with the compliance at each school, uh, let those football coaches focus on coaching football like they want to, uh, and we let compliance do their job. We want to make sure everything we're doing is compliant. So really that's the extent of how much we work with the programs. This might be more of a, a personal preference, but it's something Matt and I have talked about a lot here on this show is that, you know, you see rumors out of, for instance, the University of Miami paying a, a quarterback recruit allegedly nine and a half million dollars just to come play uh and texas a&m throwing out a lot of money as well allegedly um penn state has been on the opposite side of that and then uh, new athletic director pat Kraft has stated recently that penn state is not going to pay players to come and simply play it is once you get in the door then you start being eligible for nil benefits um what are some of the conflicts maybe that you guys are seeing with both those potential options, pay for play, and then also just straight up benefits as you're speaking to athletes? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. You guys are you guys are on the money. I think the first thing uh, that I think of, you know, when I hear that is just, you know, kind of creating, you know, different levels in college football. We want to get everybody on a, on a level playing field. And I don't think uh, Mr. Kraft's approach is the wrong thing by any means. Um, but you know, when you have schools like Miami and USC and these big time deals coming just to get guys in the door to play football, um, that can be a little bit problematic. And that's where it comes back to saying, you know, the NIL industry is still a little bit like the Wild West. And I think everybody benefits um, from a more concrete set of rules and regulations that we're all following. How do you guys play right now where you're at? And obviously, as, as Tom mentioned, you're in the early stages here of this of this company. But w- what's the future look like? How do you plan on expanding and signing more and more athletes? We talked about James Franklin selling, you know, Penn State to certain recruits. Sell me. Why sign with you? Yeah, well, you know, the biggest thing is, and it's kind of funny because, you know, sometimes we talk about our principles of Limitless NIL and they align very directly with how Coach Franklin was recruiting us. Um, but, you know, it, it comes back to, to the fact that, you know, a lot of agencies are able to make kids money. What we've learned in NIL in year one is that there is plenty of money out here uh, for student athletes to make. We're no different than any other agency. We can get that done, too. Uh, but a lot of what we're doing is through the roots of education. We're, we're teaching finance. We partner with Beacon Point, who's been outstanding. They're doing uh, finance crash courses with all of our athletes. They're learning how to file their own taxes. Um, so really what we're doing, and that's not just with finances, uh, we have a peer advisor program that helps the student athletes you know, with the time commitments they have just with school and their sport, right? So taking some of the stress off of them with NIL so they can still focus on the things that are most important. They went to school uh, for a reason. So helping them graduate and, you know, excel in their sports are our priority. And we do a lot of the heavy lifting. So, you know, that's really what I'd say separates us is the educational factor uh, and providing student athletes with the tools needed to be successful uh, beyond their sports. You know, is there is there a fine line between, you know, again, when it comes to NIL and deals and companies and sponsorships, if for you guys, is there a fine line between pushing for deals or allowing the right deal? to come to your athlete. You know know what I'm saying by that? Like not spending too much time outside of, you know, what's actually important. Right. And that's getting, getting a first class education at Penn state. And then also playing the game. You're there to play. 
Yep. I, I think, you know, it's a, you know, the first year of NIL, I think a lot of student athletes were just really excited that NIL was a thing. So they would do any yeah. deal that came to them. Um, most student athletes have wisened up and now they're only doing deals that align uh, with, you know, whatever their values are. Uh, hey, I believe in this product. I love this product. They're really doing things that they want to do. And we're a big proponent of that. We don't want our student athletes in any deals that they don't uh, actually align with. That's a big piece of what we're doing. And it goes back to the point, you know, you talked about how we're going to expand. You know, we want student athletes who want to be proactive uh, and active participants in NIL and have a vision. Um, we have seen just in the first few months that we are able to sign athletes um, and a lot of athletes want to work with us. So now it becomes about refining and making sure the student athletes values and our values are the same. and We can move forward together that way. Where do you guys see this going? Like, like will there, you know, will there come a time when the NCAA cracks down on this NL thing and take over, or are we going to continue to see more and more players creating their own branding companies? Yeah, I, you know, there's no telling. If I had that answer, we'd already yeah. have our next play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but well, I tell what, you, what, I guess, I guess, well, I guess what I'm saying then: Are you hearing or seeing more, you know, of these players like starting to do this or wanting to do this, wanting to represent themselves? Because I mean, because when I look at it, and when I first saw, you know, Sean creating this company, I thought I, my first thought was, "Be careful." Yep. Because the last thing you want is for something like this to become a distraction. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I don't know how many student athletes will see starting their own you know, agencies or even representing themselves. Um, but a big piece of what we believe in is, again, equipping student athletes to be able to do those things. Um, you, you know, the number 78 percent of NFL players are broke, divorced and depressed in like three years of retiring. Right. That's a problem. There's an educational gap there. And whether you want to blame the athlete, the NCAA or the schools these kids are at. Um, we are here to help equip them. And we hope that there's a time where these athletes are comfortable enough to represent themselves and to do it well without it being a distraction. But until then, come sign Limitless NIL. We're doing big things. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a shameless plug right there. But, um, yeah. So what's, give us a little bit before I pass it back to Tom. Give us, a little bit, give us a little bit about what August through December can look like for you and, and the rest of the crew there at Limitless while Sean takes over and, and hopefully leads Penn State to a fantastic season. Yeah, so, you know, we've all – we have an outstanding team, and Sean will tell you this too. Um, and we're really at this point able to run the business ourselves. Uh, we have all the tools we need to do that. So, you know, that was strategic too. We want Sean to be able to go focus on leading Penn State football to a Big Ten championship. I just got done playing that – again, not only helps Sean, but it's going to help Limitless NIL too. It gives credibility. So we want Sean to go have an electric year. Um, but really, as far as August to December, um, you know, we're, we're moving forward. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to get deals done for our athletes uh, and continue to expand as a company. You know, a lot has been made recently, Aeneas, of the uh, conference realignment that we're seeing. You know, obviously the Big Ten has just shifted dramatically. Uh, that'll be in 2024. That is USC and UCLA are coming on board. The SEC has added recently. And now it's questions of, you know, where what's going to happen with the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC. You represent uh, Jalen Marshall of Georgia Tech, who's within the ACC. Um, you represent uh, Brendan Bates, I believe, from uh, the University of Kentucky and the SEC. When you're having these conversations with clients and potential clients and you see all this conference realignment, what's what's your thought in terms of, oh, how can I capitalize on this? Or are the players even thinking about, hey, guys, I, I might need to hop around here a little bit. Maybe a transfer is in my future. How does that affect things? 
Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting. It, it brings in things like the transfer portal and then, you know, the, the idea that maybe college football is going to two mega conferences. Um, and I think it's it's early to tell for most of our athletes. I think a lot of them still don't know what to make of it. We're still kind of working through it ourselves. Uh, but just from a business perspective, you know, we you know, we're obviously tied into the Big Ten very well. So when you talk about bringing USC and UCLA in, you know, that changes our approach because we want to run the Big Ten as far as NIL is concerned. So, you know, it changes our approach there a little bit. Um, and the portal obviously is its own different animal, but it's so new that we're still strategizing that ourselves. There's a lot of changes. It feels like the ground is shifting beneath our feet within college football. It's, it's fast and your boots on the ground for it. Um, and, and the question I've asked, you know, Adam Brenneman and I were talking about this is, uh, you know, the way that things are going with these mega conferences, are we going to need the NCAA much longer? I mean, it's really, it's really, and you might not have the answer to that, but it's just surprising, you know, with these yeah. mega conferences, they might be self-sufficient at some point. Obviously you guys are still abiding by all the NCAA regulations, but I mean, it just seems like things are going to shift very quickly. They're changing fast. They're yeah. certainly changing fast. <laughs> so let's, let's rewind a little bit back to your playing days because you had some ridiculous talent around you on both sides of the ball. And you also went through some really amazing circumstances. Like, obviously, you had injuries and uh, you know, not to overstate or understate your career. But, I mean, you played through the freaking pandemic. Granted, we're yeah. still in it. But you played through that 2020 season, which had to be fascinating. Uh, 2021, we all remember the flu and Veyu game. You played in some uh, important games and you saw some fantastic settings with bowl games, et cetera. What's like one moment that you look back on? And you're like, oh, God, that was so much fun. Yeah, man, you ask a lot of good questions. I think, you know, the first moment that was really fun. And this is going to be a boring answer. That 2019 wideout with Michigan mm. was far and away my favorite Shea game. Patterson getting messed up. Oh, oh man. That, that Beaver Stadium noise was unbelievable that day. That was a big one. Um, but then you talk about all the, you know, historic events I just happened to be a part of with college football. I think that COVID year uh, especially – was such an emotional roller coaster, man. From the season getting canceled one day to, you know, a week or so later, the season being reinstated and going back from Cincinnati to State mm -hmm. College um, after a week of eating nothing but Skyline chili and hanging out, you know, it it <laughs> it made it made it all very interesting. Um, you know, I think those those moments specifically, but I'll also throw the Cotton Bowl in there too, where Micah Parsons and Journey Brown really really solidified themselves as two elite players. Um, those were big moments for sure. Some of the guys that you got, like you mentioned, Micah Parsons, obviously he's doing ridiculous things with the Dallas Cowboys now in the National Football League. Um, when you're in these practices and like yeah. you're getting your feet wet in 2018, are you kind of like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's a different experience. I'll tell you what, my first my first drill, actually, and I've told this story before. Uh, we were in a tackling circuit first day of camp in pads. Uh, Micah Parsons, yeah, we they had the pads lined up. We were doing like a little Oklahoma type drill, wrapping up, whatever. Um, Micah Parsons bent the corner and turned up in the A-gap, and I had to go meet him in there. Uh, and as a D-tackle, you know, I was confident running in there. I had no problem with that. That you were what, you're what 290 so, during your playing yeah, days? Yeah, I'm about, about 290. You know, I'm feeling 290. Good. Yeah. You know, I've got a weight advantage. Micah Parsons hit me so hard that <laughs> the entire left side, my whole left arm was completely numb for 30 minutes. Could not feel anything. That's my first rep of college football. Um, so that's the cool thing about it. You know, a lot of people are surprised when somebody has a breakout year. The guys in the locker room never are. They know exactly who they're going to be because they're dealing with them every day at practice. And fascinating because 
many people have been on the record saying that Micah was just learning the linebacker position at Penn State. So now for him very quickly to turn that around into defensive rookie of the year, yep. really unbelievable. Um, yep. Aeneas, thank you so much for your time. For all of our uh, viewers and listeners, where can they learn more about Limitless NIL and where can they follow you on social media? Yeah, I'll tell you what, go to at Limitless NIL on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, Instagram specifically, we're posting updates every day with the deals we're doing, the kids we sign. Uh, that's the best way to keep up the tabs. And you can follow me at Hawk Sauce. I'll have my own updates on there, too. Uh, I'm trying to I'm still doing the broadcasting thing. So I'd like to grow up and be like Mr. McGloin and Tom here. Um, so a lot of updates going there, too. Hey, whenever you grow up, you're welcome to come on this show. I was going to say, <laughs> okay. you're doing just fine. You're a CAO at an NIL agency, so that's not bad, man. Um, and yes, thank you so much for coming on, and best thank of you. luck to everything you got going on at Limitless going forward. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on ESPN State College next Thursday, again, from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. If you want to check out the podcast version of this show presented by the Believe Network, this episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at ESPN Radio 1037, at McGloin QB 11, and at Tom Hannafin. Hater is presented by Bet Online and by Funk Brewing. Thanks again, everyone, and join us next week for more Pater. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.